0: Yeah, good morning everyone, it's a joy to be here, and uh, let me see, um, all right, maybe this this isn't the smartest thing, but I'm trying out some new technology today, so uh, let's see how that goes, um, okay, it's, so far not going so well, um, all right. Turn lock. Ah. Blake, yeah. <laughs> you know more about this than me. What is it? I can't how do I open this thing? Okay, there we go. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Hooray. All right. That's much better. Alright, let me um let me just start by saying this. I'm I'm really excited for today. I'm excited for for a number of reasons. Uh One definitely being the fact that just so many people have questions about this. I think if you talk to most Christians, either if they're they're still single, they feel like they they have a lot of questions about how to go about this in the best way. Um, And then if they are married, uh, they would be honest enough to say, if I look back, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, If I look back, I have quite a few regrets, um, whether it's it was actually resulting in sin or just things not going about things in a way that wasn't the wisest, uh, wasn't the most profitable. Um, So I'm hopeful uh, that the Lord will use this today to really to really help you guys. um, Really praying uh, towards that end. Um, I'm also excited about this because I love being married. Um, and I, I'm happy to commend that to you guys and specifically to commend uh, biblical marriage, uh, God's, God's intention for marriage. And I think as we talk about dating today, uh, that will really, will really highlight just how different this is really from how the world thinks about marriage uh, and therefore then also how the world thinks about dating and then uh, lastly you should see as we talk about this that there you, you can't talk about this subject without getting to the, re- the absolute heart of the Christian life what is, what is our life all about right and I'm giving I'm jumping ahead here a little bit but, but you know uh, I, we, we live for the glory of a great God you know um, our lives are all about him uh, and that uh, is is seen in absolutely every aspect of life, certainly, definitely, uh, our romantic relationships. Okay? And uh, uh, this gives us a great opportunity to to not just talk about about that, but to talk about how we go about trying to to live life wisely as Christians. Uh, how we go about. Uh, th- um, uh, Let me me put it this way, like uh, cultivating the right heart attitudes, right? The right biblical thinking, uh, the the, um, healthy life together in the church, how we deal with trusting God when things don't go the way we want them to, right? How we uh, are uh, honest, hopefully, in our relationship with God about the things we long for and hope for um, and yet trust them with the fact that at least uh, right now, some of those things seem out of reach and, and maybe will always be out of reach. Okay? So um, this is an immensely practical topic. Um, so with all that said, let me pray. Let me pray. Our Lord and God, please help us today Help us with wisdom about dating but help us with wisdom far beyond that god we want to be wiser more wholehearted uh more faithful christians in general as a result of this time today Uh, we want to know how we can more faithfully more fruitfully live for you but also how we can Help others to do the same. So please, um, work through me. Speak through your word. Help us today. For our good and for your honor and glory. Amen. Okay. So, um, now the other thing I should say, just as we get going, is, guys, I imagine there'll be some of you here who are going to be... Feeling pretty uncomfortable at various points as we go through the teaching today. Just feeling a lot of regret. Um, You know, wishing you'd done some things differently. Uh, Perhaps even realizing some things should change in your life, even right now. Um, And I just want to encourage you, right? I want to encourage you with the gospel, (laughs) right? We are Christians because we have a God who forgives. Okay. And uh and we always have great hope for the future because we have God's word, we have the Holy Spirit in our lives helping us change. And so uh as we go through this today, try and and keep all of that in mind. Try and and remind yourself I'm I'm so thankful I have a savior and I'm so thankful that I have hope for the future right? And, uh, and our goal today is, is not to leave anybody uh, feeling discouraged, but to leave you more hopeful for the future, okay? We have a great God who extends grace. All right, let's dive in. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. All right, so we see right away from this passage that our whole life should be devoted to God, absolutely every part of it. Okay, and there's no more foundational truth for us to think about today than that one. Okay, secondly, if we take a look at um, Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay? Now, from this, it's important to notice that it is normal, very normal, to be shaped by the sinful world around us without even thinking about it. Okay? And um, a good example of that actually is my accent. Some of you might have been thinking, okay, what, what is going on with this guy's accent? Uh, it's, it's sounding a little bit more South African again than it did once upon a time. But after 12 years in America, uh, my accent was very, very confused, okay? And I, I loved my South African accent. I didn't want to lose my South African accent. But simply by living in America, I started to, you know, obviously I'm hearing people talking with American accents around me, and it shaped me. It shaped me, okay? That is what this passage is describing, that in general, we, con- we are conformed to the world we live in. And, and this passage says, do not be conformed to the world. Fight against that. Fight against that. And the way you fight against that is by renewing your mind with biblical truth. Okay? By renewing your mind with biblical truth. By going to the scriptures and seeing what God God says is true, what God says is wise, what God says is good. We know what is pleasing to God by shaping our thinking with His Word, the Bible. Okay? All right. Now... Um, as I said, some foundations for thinking about this subject today. Jesus is our Savior and Lord, and we live all of life for the glory of God and that certainly includes romantic relationships. Unfortunately, a lot of people want to approach Christianity as if it 's a one day a week thing okay uh, this is This is what we do on Sundays or or um, Maybe it's if we're not you're not uh, constricting it with a, with a day of the week, then you you constricting it in terms of categories, right? And and we want to approach dating as something that's a little bit more like a hobby, perhaps, so it's just a fun thing that we do. And 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 you know the idea that that God speaks to this as well is something that people push against sometimes, but we need to consider what god wants of us in absolutely every aspect of our lives he's our creator he's our savior he's our lord he's our king right he's bought us at a price and we are not our own we are his okay now again as we've said the bible is god's word and it carries god's authority okay so where do we we know we want to live live every aspect of our life in a way that pleases God, a way that honors God, where do we find that? We find that in His Word. And God's Word must be trusted even when it doesn't make sense to us. Right? God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. We do not sit in judgment of God's Word. God's Word must sit in judgment of us. His Word must be be an authority over us okay now along the same lines god's word must be trusted above all other voices okay not just my own opinions my own reasoning my own thinking but all other voices and by all other voices i mean what what is popular okay doesn't matter if everybody else is doing it this way if god's word says otherwise then I submit to God's Word. Um, It doesn't matter if culture speaks very strongly to this is the way this is done, and then I've got my parents even saying to me, my grandparents saying to me, no, this is always the way that we've done it. God's Word trumps all of that. Okay? And the Bible is sufficient the Bible is sufficient. What we mean by that is that it provides us with all the guidance that we need to live a God honoring life. Okay? With all the guidance that we need to live a God honoring life. And that uh, doesn't always look the way we want it to look. Okay? And what I mean by that is that you can't just, you know, it's not an encyclopedia. Right? There's no. You can't just flip to D and read a chapter on dating. It's not there, okay? Um, And some of the details that we might want, the Bible doesn't spell out for us, okay? Sometimes the Bible spells things out in very specific detail, uh, and other times it's less specific, okay? And when the Bible is less specific, here's how we have to approach it. We have to work within the clear parameters given in Scripture, okay? So, there are things, even if, if the Bible doesn't, doesn't uh, tell us, you know, you have to do it this way, right? The Bible may, may, be, also, may be very clear on, okay, but you, you may not do this and you may not do that, right? And you realize, okay, there's, there's, some, there's some, some, some wiggle room here in between these very clear points that God has made, okay? Now, I have to stay within those parameters, but beyond that... Beyond that, we can't can't just, look, sometimes we're a bit lazy, to be honest, you know. We just say, okay, well, you know, the Bible doesn't specify one, two, three. Okay, fair enough. Uh, It is important to realize, okay, that when I'm taking principles from Scripture, and I'm trying to think about how those principles work together, it is important to realize that when I do that, I'm not always going to do it perfectly, okay? So that doesn't carry with it the same authority as a, as a Bible verse that says, thou shalt one, two, three, okay? That is an important thing to realize. So sometimes then different Christians are going to come to slightly different conclusions about certain things, okay? But we, have, we, we can't just therefore then just say, okay, well, anything within these parameters is fine. Uh, let me just go with whatever, uh, with whatever I feel like, or just go with the flow. No, we're still putting the hard work to think carefully through principles from Scripture and to do our best, right? Um, to come to the point where we are fully convinced in our own mind. Okay, that is uh, that's uh, the way Paul puts it in Romans fourteen must be fully convinced in our own mind, and then we must live according to our understanding of what honors God, okay? Once you've come to a point where you, where you believe, okay, this is the most God-honoring way to go about this, Okay. it is sinful for you to not do it that way, okay? God always expects you live according to your conscience he wants you to inform your conscience by the bible okay he wants you to shape the way you think about things according to what the bible says but then you must always live according to your conscience if you go against your conscience uh it's sin and that and that makes that makes sense right god cares about but first and foremost god cares about our heart he cares about our actual uh, relationship with Him, our, our love for Him, uh, what what makes us what makes us tick, what motivates us, what drives us in life, and so if on a heart level you're basically saying, "All right, I think that this way would be more honouring to God, but I'm going to go this way anyway," okay, should be clear to us why that's not pleasing to God, right? Um, and it should be clear to us that. Uh, If if he really is our Lord, really is our King, we really are living for his glory and everything. Instead, we're going to say, "Okay, I want to I want to go about things in the most God honoring way." Okay. Now, some of this um, certainly, if you if you were not a Christian sitting here today, I imagine you'd be sitting sitting here thinking, "Yo, this is sounding a bit like a cult. This is a bit extreme." uh i don't want to sign up for this uh you know these christians need to take a chill pill and just let religion be one part of their life and not something that just absolutely consumes them and 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 something that their whole life is all about um okay well here's again i said we'd be hitting on the christian life itself and far more than just dating um this is the christian life right? Uh, we, 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 we live our all for our God. But let me tell you this, okay? Um, quite, quite strongly contrary to what that, an unbeliever might be thinking uh, after all I've said so far, this is actually good news. It's not bad news, okay? The fact that, the fact that God has said to us, here's how I want you to go about things. Um, here's a design, here's a blueprint, uh, is, is, is not a bad thing at all because of who our God is. Okay, So He hasn't just left us to ourselves. He has said, you must obey me, you must honor me. But everything that He expects of us, everything that He calls us to, is what is for our best. Okay, So another part of, of the foundations as we think through this topic is realizing that our God is wonderfully trustworthy, okay? I want you to think about that word, trustworthy. He is worthy of our trust, okay? There's an author named Jerry Bridges who wrote a book um, called Trusting God. And he draws on these three attributes of God, the first three that are listed there, that God is all-powerful, that he is perfectly wise and that he is good. And he draws on those three aspects and he shows us that these things make God perfectly worthy of our trust. And here's why, right? God might intend, uh, somebody might intend to do you good, but they're limited in what they can do, right? I mean, you might be, let's say, You're about to drop out of school because you can't pay your school fees. I want to be able to help you financially, but I don't have any more money. Okay? I'm, I'm limited as to what I can do. Okay? God is never limited. Okay? He has all the resources. Okay? Then you might say, okay, well, this person loves me and they want what's best for me, but... You know sometimes what they think what's is best for me actually isn't what's best for me they've good intentions but it's not actually doesn't actually work out well never so with god because god is perfectly wise he's perfectly wise okay so um uh he's he's able able to accomplish all his his good intentions for you his intentions are, are always the very best—not uh, just intentions, but the very, the very wisest, the very best possible way forward for you. And then, um, and then he's good. Okay. So you might there might be somebody out there who's very powerful with a lot of street smarts, but can you trust their character? Do you know that they're not just? taking advantage of you or that they don't just have ulterior motives and and that you you're not really your good actually isn't something that's truly motivating them okay again not so with God he is good he is good and I think you can take all of this and just ramp it up significantly through the lens of the gospel okay and here's what I mean by that God is the creator of everyone, right? But the Bible talks about a special way that those of us who are believers in Christ are now his children. Okay? That we now receive his fatherly care. Okay? So you think about Romans 8:28 and 29, right? That's talking about how God works all things together for our good. That passage is not talking about every person out there on the street. God works all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Okay? So, we know now, no, don't just have the fact that He's good, but that he's, we've been adopted as His children, and in every detail of life, He's looking out for us, He's providing us, providing for us, He's working all these things together for our very best. So, therefore, we can trust his blueprint, we can trust God's design for every aspect of the Christian life, including romance and sexuality. And we can also trust his providence, okay, which is which is a theological word that talks about how he ordains the details of life. And we can, we can trust his providence in our lives. Alright? So we're talking here about details like, you know, I wanted to get into this school, um, and then I wasn't able to get into this school. Uh, I prayed and prayed and prayed about it, but it didn't work out. I wasn't able to get into that school. Okay, well, I, I'm not going to distrust God now. I, I know these things we've just said about him. He's all-powerful. He's perfectly wise. He's good. And he's my father, and he works all things together for my good, right? Right? And it, and it certainly comes down to the details like, you know, I was hoping I'd be married by this point in life, um, and, and I'm not. Or, or I am married, but we've been trying to have children for the last 10 years, and we, we haven't been able to. Um, or, uh, you know, I, I, I married an amazing man, and he died like very young, out of the blue, right? Those sorts of details. We can trust God with all of that. Now, some key concepts we should think through uh, also at the beginning of all of this. According to the Bible, what is marriage? What is marriage? Well, marriage is God's designed home, okay? It's God's designed home for romance and sexuality, this is where romance and sexuality is supposed to take place, is in the context of marriage. Um, there's, there's no other context for it in Scripture. Okay? What you'll see in the Scriptures, you'll see people who are married, you'll see people who are pursuing marriage, and then the only other references to, to uh, romance and sexuality is, is, is warnings. Stay away from that woman with the honey dripping from her lips who hangs out on the corner and you know run okay so god's context for romance and sexuality his design is marriage what we see in scripture is that marriage is one man one woman together for life it's supposed to be permanent okay now unfortunately we live in a day uh, in a day and age where first of all a lot of people are just not getting married they're just cohabitating they're living together um but then we also live in a day and age where even if people do get married, uh, people are far more commonly getting divorced than used to be the case. Okay? Divorce is supposed to be something very, very rare, uh, only under um, very specific circumstances that we see in Scripture, okay? and, and, and very very few uh, very few categories qualify for a biblical divorce. Okay. Now, this is my this is my 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 definition of this, and you'll you'll see this pops up quite a bit as we go on today. I'd say marriage is companionship and partnership in all of life to the glory of God. Okay. And when when I say in all of life, I mean in every aspect of life and for all of life. Okay. Till till death do us part companionship and partnership in all of life to the glory of god in genesis 2 which is we see then the lord said it is not good that the man should be alone i will make him a helper fit for him okay so even there in that passage you see the companionship aspect it's not good for the man to be alone okay let's let's provide him with 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 a companion but then we also see, "I will make him a helper fit for him in the context god 's also talking about how um, in the context here in Genesis, God has given man dominion over the earth, okay, and we are supposed to rule over the earth in such a way that that uh, we 're basically god 's managers okay god 's given us a job to do uh, in managing this this earth, and it 's not good for the man to be alone in that either he God makes him a helper suitable for him. Okay, So here we see partnership. Not just companionship, but partnership. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, this is verse 24, and hold fast to his wife. Okay, Again, this is a permanent thing for all of life. And they shall become one flesh. Okay? And again, that one flesh picture, yes, we know, I, I, I'm sure many of you know, that that is often a a reference to sexual intimacy, but it's far more than that. It is about complete union, complete oneness. Okay, so again, companionship and partnership. We're living life together. We're pursuing the glory of God together. we're, 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 We're partnering together. Okay. How should we think about singleness? Okay, well, as we've just seen, God did design marriage. It's his plan for most of us in his time. Okay? So that's again, not always according to our timeline, but uh, it's God's plan for most of us in his time. Now, that said, community is God's plan for all of us. Okay? So even if uh, you're someone who, who will never be married, Um, you shouldn't be thinking of singleness as, okay, well, then I'm a lone ranger. Okay, I'm just, just me and JC, me and JC, right? Me and Jesus, we're just, uh, you know, we've just got this, this relationship, just the two of us, right? No, the Christian life is to be lived out in community. Um, Church, the church is described as family in the New Testament. Okay? It is described as family and, and, Singles within the church should live out their Christian life with their family. Now, hear me on this. You should live out your Christian life with the whole church family. Okay? I, I think this can be... Well, it's, I, I saw more of it in the States, but it, it can certainly happen here as well. Okay? Which is this mindset of, okay, well, um, we've, got, we've got the singles ministry over here. Okay? And all the singles in the church spend all their time with other singles in the church. Okay? And that is falling short of God's design on many, many levels. Okay, for one, all right, I I can just think of an example Uh, when I was a young adult pastor in the States and there was a guy who, you know, it was was his first year out of college and he was working a job and uh, every Thursday he'd be like, okay, we're going to see you tonight at, at... at Young Adults Group, he's like, oh man, oh, work's rough, I think I'm just going to stay home and play video games today, right? You know, That's what this guy would say week after week. But then there's another guy coming to the Young Adults Group who's a year older than him, right? Works a job just as grueling, probably far more grueling, uh, is married and has two sons, right? And this guy, the last thing he's saying when he gets home is, I'm going to do nothing now except just play video games, right? He's coming home. He's serving his family. He's helping his wife with things. He's, he's parenting his sons. Uh, and he's very involved in the church as well. Okay? But now, how, how does uh, a, a single young adult who uh, has absolutely no taste of just how busy life is with, with all those responsibilities... how's he going to (laughs) learn how's he how's he going to grow in wisdom and and discipline uh, and time management skills etc if he's not spending time with other people in the church who have so many more plates spinning and just learning from them okay Um, that's one aspect of things another aspect of things is that family is beautiful in general right I am sure most of you uh, would have would have had an experience of even if you are not somebody who's particularly great with babies or whatnot um, if you if somebody in your family has a little baby right that's that's quite different now now you're going to hold that baby you're going to engage with that baby you you're going to do your best to to learn how to get that that baby to smile and and to be excited to see you and 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 there's so much joy that comes when you actually engage in that. Um, if if I, I, I hope uh, a lot of you have had the joy and 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 privilege of of spending really quality time with people who are much older than you, okay, learning from them, uh, just enjoying their stories about how what life used to be like and so on and so forth, right? Um we are supposed to be enjoying all the blessings of life together in a family in the local church and on a on a simple level right you might be like yeah when i hang out with everyone my age right i don't have to i don't have to turn the music down (laughs) you know because the old people are like what i can't hear you right i don't have to be doing that uh you know, when, when, there's, when there's no little kids around, right, we can just do our thing. I don't have to worry about tripping over a kid crawling across the floor or whatever it may be, right? But guys, that sort of stuff, it's, it's, it's so superficial. It is so shallow. Um, and, and so here's what I'm saying for you. I'm saying, sure, have friendships with people in the same season of life as you, of course. But I want to encourage you, press into the church as a whole. Okay. Um, there's a wonderful uh, lady at, at the church I was a part of in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and uh, she's still not. I mean, I was lost a part of that church uh, about 11 years ago. Okay. And and this lady's still single. Um, and when when I was there, she's about 40 uh, and single. But this this is the way that she lived in the church. Okay. She was always one of the first ladies to put her hand up for planning bridal showers. She was always one of the first ladies to put her hands up for, for, for planning baby showers. Um, when our little daughter was born, okay, um, two people came and visited us in the hospital uh, the, first, um, the first night that our baby, our baby was born, okay? One was uh, my wife's best friend in the church who happened to be a mother of six kids, okay? So here she is now, a new mother, and this, this mother of six kids comes, and, and she's uh, teaching me how to change the, this baby's nappy and, and, you know, giving all this practical advice, okay? Um, and then you've got this single lady who's never been a mother, right? Isn't able to bring that to the table, but so What? She is rejoicing with us as we rejoice, and she's there, uh, and and one of the first to to hold our little girl and just rejoice and celebrate with us. Um, she's living a wonderfully full life in that church family. She's got no 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 other uh, believing family. She's so she's not, um, so not even siblings, not even parents, but she has family. Okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. To be single doesn't mean to be a loner. Okay? That's never God's design. All right. Singleness is a gift, according to 1 Corinthians. Um, and the reason it's called a gift is because it allows for undivided devotion to the Lord. Okay? It allows for undivided devotion to the Lord. So, yes, marriage is a good thing. Okay? Something that God's designed, something that, that God has in store for, for most of us. But singleness, while we're single at least, even those of us who aren't single for, for life, should, uh, is, is a gift in another sense. It's a gift in that it gives us an opportunity for undivided devotion to the Lord. And, and so while you're single, you should be making most of the opportunities singleness gives you. Make the most of the opportunities singleness gives you. Um, look, I, I, I love being a father, but I definitely, definitely know my life is so much less f- flexible nowadays than it used to be. And it, it just is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. I've got, I've got kids to be thinking about 24-7. Okay. Um, but the sort of opportunity that you, that you, you might have to just drop, drop everything um, because it doesn't affect anyone but you, <laughs> right? Just drop everything and be like, okay, I've got completely different plans tonight because so-and-so's in hospital and I'm going to go visit them. Uh, I've got completely different plans tonight because so-and-so needs a, a meal cooked for them. I've got completely different plans tonight because so-and-so's car's broken down on the side of the street and I'm going to go help them. Etc. 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 Right. So and so had a bad day. I'm just going to go over and pray with them. Okay. I, I wish I could do that often. And oftentimes the best I can do is just send is just send a WhatsApp saying praying for you. You know. Right. Make the most of the opportunity singleness gives you. All right. Um, more. How should we? Oh no! I went back. Didn't I? Um, keep trusting God's. Okay. Yes. Um. Uh, all right, I think I repeated myself a little bit here. All right, be honest with yourself and with God, okay? Now, here's what I mean by that. Um, if you're single and you're somebody who's who would really like to be married, okay, you, you need to be honest with yourself about that. Now, for, for some of you, that's not a problem at all, but I think for quite a few people, the way that they deal with, the disappointment of "I'd love to be married. I'd love to be in a relationship," is they convince themselves that they actually don't want to be in a relationship. Okay, um, and and it's not healthy. It's not healthy because, um, well, it's not true for one. Um, but the main reason it's not healthy is because it doesn't really help you in your relationship with God. the 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 The, the, um, the picture we get in the scriptures is a wonderfully transparent and honest relationship with God. Okay? You look at the Psalms and, and uh, you know, just the examples of just, God, I'm really disappointed about how things are going right now. God, I don't understand why you, 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 you've got, you're you working things out the way you are right now. Okay? Just real honesty with God. Um. And so, be honest with God about what you, about what you want, what you what what your desires are, what your hopes are. But then also, trust Him, trust Him, trust His timing, trust His plan. Okay, and I say so. Be honest with yourself and with God, and I put and others in in brackets, say in parentheses, for a reason because I'm not I'm not saying that you have to be every bit as raw and honest with absolutely everyone in the church as you are with God. Okay, I'm not saying that at all, okay? But I am saying that, again, God intends us to live our Christian life in community. So you should have at least a few friends that, you know, when they check in with you and they say, how are you doing, right? Your answer is not just, no, fine. When the reality is, you know, I've been, I've been in tears this week a little bit. I'm just I'm trying to trust God with this, but it's hard, right? You, you need at least a few friends that, that you're, you're having those sort of conversations with. Okay, and then I'd also say along those lines, please, from a, this is a pastor's request, <laughs> if if an elder in your church is is trying to check in with you, trying to shepherd you, trying to care for you, uh, please try and answer those questions honestly as well. Like, Um, you know, if you, if you really, if, if you're in tears and really struggling to trust God, I, you know, as, as a pastor, I want to know that. I want to know that so I can be praying for you, so that I can be counseling you, um, so that I can be, yeah, just in every way I I can think of trying to, trying to care for you and, 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 help you. Okay. All right. Um, keep trusting God's plan for your life step by step. Okay keep trusting god's plan for your life step by step and that's a choice you make and and it's again how do you make it how are you transformed you transform by the renewing of your mind you remind yourself of of who god is and the promises he's made and his trustworthiness right and then you choose to trust him um i say step by step because honestly things can change very quickly uh very quickly um uh, you know, I, I I was just talking about this, this friend of mine who I guess now would be about about 50 at this church in Pennsylvania. I could go home tonight and see on Facebook that she's announcing she got engaged, right? You know, uh, things can change very quickly. Um, so it's not like you, you, you have to look at things and go, okay, well, I still have this desire to be married. Um, but I guess... I guess god just intends for me to be single for the rest of my life right again what what's happening there what's happening there is you're trying again you're trying to deal with with disappointment and and, and heartache by lying to yourself right by by just being like okay let me let me uh yes I desire this but I'm I'm just going to tell myself I don't desire it anymore I'm just going to treat it as if it's as if it's completely off the table And I would encourage you again, a much healthier relationship with God is to just continue to be honest with him about God. He has my desires, but God, I'm also going to trust you whatever your will is. Okay, and I'm going to walk with you and and I'm going to embrace whatever your will is for me during the particular season I'm in day by day by day. Okay, that's what a healthy walk with the Lord looks like. Okay, rejoice with those who rejoice. Okay, rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, uh, another aspect, um, and I was talking about how, uh, you know, as, as, as you're living life in the church family, you get to enjoy playing with people's babies and enjoying time with the older people and all that sort of thing. But another aspect of things as well is that, I mean, you get to enjoy somebody else's joy. Okay, this is, this is God, and God intends it this way. Okay, when, when somebody is over the moon because they just got engaged, that should bring you huge joy. Even if you were struggling this week, wrestling in prayer with God, God, I'd, I'd love, I'd love someone, When why Why won't you provide someone for me? Okay, now if you're not careful, if you're not careful, if you're not, Guarding your heart, if you're not uh, watching over the sort of uh, um, lines of thinking that can, that, that can uh, uh, percolate in your mind, right? Then somebody else's joy can actually be an opportunity for bitterness, right? You, you're now looking at this situation going, oh, well, I can see God loves them, but what about me, right? Um, and I, I, I'm not going to that baby shower. You know, I've, I've, been, I've been praying. I've been praying for God uh, to help my, my husband and I fall, fall pregnant for, for years. I'm not going to that baby shower. It just hurts too much. Okay, guys, please, please, please fight those sorts of lines of thinking and realize biblically, right? This is rejoice with those who rejoice, this is weep with those who weep. Right. This is this is this is language straight out of scripture. We're supposed to live our lives in such community, right? That we really we really feel with one another. Okay. That our, our Christian life is a shared experience, and there is so much joy for you to have if you really embrace that. Okay. Um, all right. How should we think about same-sex attraction? This might surprise some of you that this is. Uh, part of this seminar, but I think it's very important. Um, very important for a number of reasons. Some are, it's very important because more people struggle with this than many of us realize. Okay, And it's very important because the church isn't always... The, yeah, I'm trying not to use some buzz language here, but, but hear me out. Uh, the church isn't always the safe place. Okay, there's the buzz language. Um, uh, that it should be. Okay, and here's what I mean with this. What I mean with this is that sometimes we, we, we crack jokes about about this sort of thing. Um, sometimes we're, we. The Bible's very clear it's sin, so, so don't, don't hear me wrong there, right? Um, but, but in talking about it as sin, Do we talk about it in such a way that, like, we're talking about it, but we're talking about it as if, um, as if it's not possible that somebody in the circle, as we're talking, is actually struggling with it. Okay? So we just, we just talk about it with absolute disgust and with, uh, you you know, um, just without that sensitivity of realizing, you know, for some people, this is a very real struggle. Okay. Now, it shouldn't surprise us when people struggle with this, that we live in a broken world, we're sinners by nature. Um, but we also need to remember, right? Everyone who repents of their sin and trusts Christ for forgiveness will be forgiven. That includes rapists, it includes murderers, it includes every sin you can think of. Certainly it includes the sin of homosexuality. Okay. And every Christian will receive the grace they need to live a life of repentance and following Christ. Okay, so now, if I've, if I've come to come to Jesus in true saving faith, trusting in Him for my salvation, and, and committed to turning from my sin, I am going to receive the help that I need day by day to make the decisions I need to make, okay, to honor God, okay? Now, what that looks like is going to vary a little bit from case to case. Um, There's some people who have dealt with same-sex attraction who, you know, become a believer and they experience completely changed desires. Okay, now here's what I mean by that. What I mean by that is that um, same-sex attraction isn't even a temptation to them anymore. Okay, somebody who who went through puberty and found that the only thoughts that they had were attraction to people of the same gender. Okay? Now that is the way some people experience this. And then they come to Saving Faith, and now they are attracted to the opposite sex, and that's just that. Done. Sometimes so- something as stark and miraculous as that is what happens. Sometimes you'll have people experience something where they would say, in general... They still feel attraction to the same sex, okay? But in God's kindness, He's enabled them to feel attraction to at least one person of the opposite sex. And they're able to get married to that person and live out uh, a, a God honoring marriage. Uh, a God honoring marriage where, um, you know, now on an ongoing basis right that 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 person that man that woman uh needs to be um just like okay let's take an example of of lust right so you can have a god honoring marriage but then both spouses are are also needing to be diligent to put to death any thoughts of 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 lustfulness um uh any thoughts of sexual attraction to somebody who's not their spouse okay so now the same thing would be true in in this sort of a situation um, but now this this person still like the the people they're attracted to happen to be people of the same sex, other than their spouse. But God gives them the grace that they need. Celibacy, right? People who continue to live out a, a life of devotion to God, um, and they're they're not able to go ahead and get married because they don't. They we'll talk in a little bit about about how physical attraction is it's just a it's it's not as big a deal as people often uh, make it out it's not the thing uh, in romance and, and sexuality and marriage um, but it is a piece of the puzzle right so for some people they're not able to go ahead and get married they, they, their only option is a life of celibacy a life of singleness that they that and they just say okay this is this is what it's going to look like for me to honor God. Okay. Um, now, whichever of those, those aspects we're talking about, right? all of these people are going to need their church family. All of them. Okay. Uh, they're, going to need, they're going to need a church where, um, again, as I say, if they confess this, it's not like people are surprised to hear it. It's not like people treat them as if, you know... <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, you know. I know we're all saved by grace, but you're you saved by a lot of grace. You know, a lot more grace than than God had to extend to me, right? Um, right. there really, it's uh, there's this understanding of we are all great sinners, and we all have a great savior. Okay. Um, now, again, just to be very clear, what I'm talking about, here, I'm talking about people who are repentant, okay? People who are repentant, who continue to experience the temptation, okay, but who fight that temptation and turn away from it, okay? There's a, a biblical counseling author named David Powlison who uh, used the phrase, I think, he, I'm pretty sure he made it up, uh, but, but it, it's a helpful phrase I, I found. He talks about our characteristic flesh. And what he means by that is the Bible talks about our flesh as our sinful nature, right? Our sinful desires. But that looks very different in some people's lives than other people's lives. You got one person who flies off the handle and struggles to keep the, the, their temper in check, right? And then you've got somebody else who can't get angry if they try, right? But that same person might... might Uh, really struggle to to not get anxious right and 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 their uh, characteristic flesh their struggle through through life is just to think sober-mindedly and to remind themselves of of truths that god's told them and to choose to trust god now both of them continue even though they're now christians and and they're they're progressively growing Okay, and they're they they're being given the the help by God to have victory over their struggles. Okay, they would both still be able to describe, yeah, this is this is my biggest struggle, right? And this completely different thing is 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 my biggest struggle. Okay, and so we um, just need to realize that for some people, uh, that ongoing struggle uh, is, is a same sex attraction. And, um, and 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 th- what what ends up happening, right? The way the way that we love people as Christians, we don't downplay sin, and we don't downplay sin. A lot of times, people think the way to love somebody who's struggling with this is to is to make, oh no, it's fine, right? Guys, I'm sure I'm sure a number of you are aware that there's there's a big push in some churches towards. You know, even saying things like, oh, well, you know, like, uh, as long as they you know, you, you, can have, you can have gay marriage and people can, uh, can uh, as, as long as they, they have a monogamous relationship and, it, and they're just devoted to each other, like, they can apply the same principles from scripture about marriage and that can be honoring to God. That's not what the Bible says, okay? It's <laughs> not what the Bible says. One man, one woman, together for life. That's what marriage is, okay? So we don't, we don't downplay sin, but we also, we also don't forget the incredible vastness of God's forgiving grace and his transforming grace. Okay? Make sense? Okay, cool. Um, all right. How can we move wisely from single to married? I'll tell you that off to the break. Okay, take a break, guys. Thanks.